This is the New York 20 with your hosts, John Sapinaro and Tom O'Boyle. With that, the Redskins, I think, just scored a, a sort of touchdown to lead into half. I think they're up 24-14. They are. Uh, it happened right at the end of the half. Uh, yeah. They're, you know, doing some kind of... Oh, speaking of Deion Sanders. Yeah, there you go. Neon Deion. He's talking something. We have it on... Uh, He's probably pitching direct TV, I would imagine. <laughs> Those direct TV commercials <laughs> are fantastic. Deion Sanders as, like, a pixie is, like, A miniature, like, Tinkerbell kind of thing. Because, like, that's, like, the most swaggerific, like... <laughs> Pixie, you could ever have. He's wearing like he's got like a bandana. He's like, all right, that and the Leon Sandcastle. Leon Sandcastle was good. Yeah, draft. first overall pick, Leon Sandcastle. That was so 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 awesome. And with that, we will welcome in our what fourth guest tonight. Fourth, yeah. We went from having no guests ever well. to a handful of guests tonight. Uh, Kathy Arnold, how you doing? Good. How are you? I've never had a guest before. Not really, really? No. A couple no. here and there sprinkled in, but nothing like this. Really? Yeah, this yeah, is a big spread awesome. for us. We'd have our intern, so uh, Ducky, guy in the corner, uh, come on every once in a while. I was wondering what was going on over there. Yeah. I'm like, do you know what He's like, no. Yeah. He's like our stat guy, you know, he'll fact check and stuff, make sure we haven't said anything too messed up. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Jets have the best winning percentage in you know, January when it's below 30. And it's like, no, he's like, no, they don't. No, so they're, he, they're he pretty bad. Yeah. Sometimes we make up stats. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how progress happens, is making stuff up. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you're a big New York Giants fan. We've been talking so much about football. Yeah. But we, we kind of, you know, we started off Jets, went to Giants, had a couple of... Uh, NFC East rivals in here. Um, I feel like we'd be remiss if we don't kind of circle back a little bit, talk yeah. about the Giants, just because of how strange their season's been. How do you feel about it? I mean, everybody felt so like we weren't hopeful like the first six weeks, I guess. But I mean, I, I didn't give up faith at all, actually. And well, looking at our schedule from here on in, being two and six now, I feel a lot more hopeful right now. Playing At what point do you lose faith? Because when you lose six games in a row to start a season, does it take like eight or nine losses to get to the point where you're like, ah, this might not be the year? Okay, well, I'm, 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 I'm not gonna lie. After like third, fourth week, I was like, all right, this is it. I was ready to throw my jerseys in the garbage. I'm like, no, 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 I can't do this. I can't do this. But I just, I, I don't know. I just feel like Eli, he, he comes back. Almost like, like in the fourth quarter, you know. He's like the comeback. He comes back. He comes, he comes back. And I think we can win the next three, four games in a row. I have no doubt about that. That would certainly go a long way to helping that chance. You know what's, what's tough is that you, you have six losses already. Even if you win the next three or four in a row, you're still not where you need to. You're six and six. You then need to win another couple in a row to get to the point where, like... Look at the division. That's the only thing we have on our side. It's true. That's the only thing. We were in, like, with Kansas City, Denver. Yeah. What is true? I'm sorry. That's the only thing that's keeping our hope alive. Absolutely. I guess it's technically, it's two and a half half. because the loss to Dallas. If you you beat Dallas head up and you're still with them, you... Dallas is uh, five and uh, four or six and five and four. Yeah, five and four, and the Giants are two and six. So it's three on the win side and four on the uh, the loss side. Right. So I guess it's yeah. 
Yes, that's true. Yeah. Um, Correct, because they they never they had never lost in Dallas, and then they lost in Dallas for the first time. So the next game is in Giant Stadium. That's correct. Yeah. No, actually, he won't be. He was on place no, placed on injured reserve today, like a few hours ago. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a big deal. Today, uh, I, had him, I picked him up on the back of him. Yeah, no. Undo no, that should, one. Oh, you should drop him, like, right now. Man. Like, if you want to run over and get your phone, we'll... Yeah. You know, we'll fill we'll walk through it. No, 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 no. Were you trailing in fumbles in your <laughs> league like you needed to... <laughs> She gets points per fumble. As yeah. long as I didn't pick up Eli as my quarterback this year is fantasy football. Yeah. I have Russell Wilson, actually. Oh, man. Like, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't pick up, like, for me, I couldn't take Tom Brady. I was in the draft, and I was like, hey, Tom Brady's on the board, and somebody else is on the board, and I did not take him. I feel like that's the equivalent. Like, I, if I were a Giant fan, I couldn't take RG3 because he's a guy in my division. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah. A couple years ago when I played, I... Um, <laughs> I couldn't be there for the draft, like, last minute, so I had an auto-draft, and basically, I, I put, like, restrictions so that I would not draft Brady, Randy Moss, or Wes Welker, and those at the time were, like, three of the most productive players in yeah. the NFL, and I was like, if I have to root for one of these guys, I don't know what I'd do. Like, I, I just couldn't, and I was, I was happier for it, honestly. Yeah. It's bad enough I have uh, McCoy on uh, Philly. It's not McCoy, that yeah. To, yeah, that I have to root for, but, like... And he's a great fantasy football player. And that's, that's to me, and that's, that is the thing. Like, when we talk about fantasy and all that, I had a big problem getting into fantasy sports when my team was good or supposed to be good. Because when the Jets had the, the couple of years where they, like, they went to the AFC Championship game, then they finished 11-5, and went to the AFC Championship game, then the next season where they were supposed to be good and didn't do it. Two of those three years, I didn't even bother with fantasy football because I didn't want to be rooting for a guy against my team when I Absolutely. thought my team was going to be good. 100%. When we got Tim Tebow, and then this season also, I was all about fantasy sports because that was the only reason I would watch any kind of fantasy like football in general. It's irrelevant. Yeah. Otherwise, it's, just, it's a train wreck. Yeah. You know, it gave me an excuse, you know? That's the reason why I don't play fantasy baseball. Because yeah. there's too many moving parts, and I just, like, I can't. There's so many players that I hate. It's like, yeah. you can't go in there and be like, well, I, I guess I'm dating it because they're some of the guys are retired. But, like, you know, I can't sit there and be like, well, I'm not going to draft Chipper Jones, and I'm not going to draft Jimmy Rollins, and I'm not going to draft Shane Victorino, and I'm not going to draft Roy Holiday, or, like, it's like, you don't want them to do good. You don't want them to do good, no. ever. And the Mets ever. haven't been good since I was, like, 11. You know, <laughs> and I still won't draft them because I'm like, I can't. I can't do I can't it. Play that you have to like, you know, it's, it's too much. It's like every fantasy day. baseball is tough because that's a lot of work. So yeah. I'm doing a fantasy hockey league this year, and I've done it before, but this is the first time I'm really like getting into it because it's for, you know, not for money because that's illegal to gamble on. But uh, if it were for money, I might be. Might if it have been, were for money, wink, wink. If gambling were yeah. legal, like it might be for money. Right. And. Uh, <laughs> I got into fantasy, and it's the same thing. You have to set your lineup every single day. So I've been like, I've been going forward and looking like, hey, I have this week, next week, these every single day, Monday through like you know Sunday, I guess, setting which guys are playing and which guys are not, and picking them out and all that. And in just taking that time, I'm four and zero so far. I like. I'm winning this week also because I think I'm the only person that took the time to go through every single day and make yeah. sure his yeah. guys were playing. Well, that's the 
thing too for me, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but like I feel like if I were to play one of those, we have to set it every night. That I would, but then a lot of other people in the league don't take that kind of time. Yeah. Because then it's like, why do you want to play? They have six like, guys on the disabled guys. list. Exactly. Yeah. That are in their starting lineup, and it's like that's crazy. <laughs> Kind of like having David Wilson on your team if he's yeah. on. Yeah, you pick him up. It's very for the stretch run. So that's a good pickup. <laughs> so how, it seems like I mean you got Russell Wilson, very productive player. Um, McCoy, productive player generally speaking. Okay, it seems like a pretty good team. Now, how are you doing? A little so Texan far? heavy. Well, well, I have two. One of them on three. Three and whatever other weeks we played. Four and five. five. Three and six. I'm at four and five right yeah, now. Yeah. I got killed by Reggie Wayne getting hurt. Uh, Roddy too. White getting hurt. I have Reggie yeah, Reggie Wayne's ACL killed me. Uh, and then the Michael Vick I was talking about earlier. Michael Vick, like you know, getting cracking his ribs or whatever. You know, I listen. He I fought dogs, and I don't like that. I like oh, dogs a lot. You know, I totally understand. But, like, dude, coming into the season, dude was, like, set up for a great season with a new offense, and, like, he was healthy, and he had a lot of good receivers, like LaShawn McCoy and Deshaun Jackson, all these guys. And Chip Kelly was like, I'm going to revolutionize offense in football, and I'm going to use Michael Vick as the guy to do it. So, like, and I'm like, dude, I'm in. You know, that sounds great. Yeah, exactly. And, like, he had great week one. I think he played the Chargers week one. He had, like, an amazing, it was like a Monday night game or whatever Sunday night game he played. Blew it out of the water. And it was one of those where it's like, I should trade Michael Vick right now to somebody else because his value will never be higher than it is right now. And I kept him because I'm greedy and I'm thinking, oh, he's going to be great. And he wasn't. He was terrible. Um, so, ugh, it's tough. It's, it's, yeah. It's tough, man. Yeah. So, I think it's in like 49 or something. Or yeah. Yeah, no, they, they played great, but it was with Vic, Vic Foles hurt. Tied the record. Vic was hurt. Vic didn't play. Foles tied the record that, uh, ah. that Manning uh, tied earlier in the year. He did. Like seven touchdown passes. When Vic got hurt, I picked up Foles because it was like, hey, he's going to play, maybe that offense, blah, blah, blah. And then he played that first week when Vic got hurt, and he did nothing. He was, like, terrible. He couldn't complete a pass. It was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to get rid of him. I'm going to bring in Terrell Pryor. It'll be fine. Pryor's been decent. He hasn't been bad. And then that's the week Foles put up his seven touchdown passes, and I lost by, like, you know, ten points. Two of those touchdown passes would have been enough to put me forward, let alone the other five that I left on the board. Yeah, that happens. That's 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 why fantasy football breaks my heart every yeah. time I play. I don't play every year. I, I kind of pick and choose. Um... Uh, a couple years ago when uh, Favre had his big year with Minnesota, not the year he got hurt, I lost the championship on a last second play on Monday night. And it was like, no. And it was basically because Favre, um, I had Percy Harvin, the other guy had Sidney Rice, and it was like on second down, Favre throws what would have been a touchdown pass. I remember that play because yeah. it affected my league too. Favre I know what you're talking about. Favre yep. would have been a touchdown pass to Percy Harvin. I was up like two points. It would have sealed the game for me. And something happened, negated on a penalty, big drop, something. Anyway, next play they go for it. He goes a touchdown pass to Sidney Rice that was the game. That same league, and nobody who's going to listen to this is going to know it, but Costa, who some people who are in the audience know who that is, 
had the guy that ended up getting the touchdown pass that I didn't have, and that's what lost. I lost by one point in the championship yep, game. One. I think I won one, a single by, point. I think I lost by one or two points because you completed it to somebody else in the Monday night game the last week of the season. Yep. Awesome. And now last year I, I lost to Tom, like we talked about before. Um, I still may have won a little bit of money, uh, <laughs> you know, theoretically. For, for being runner-up, if being, gambling were legal. If gambling were legal, which is, we know it's not, we don't no, 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 no. not at all. Yeah. Um, you but, might have uh, won like $100 or something. It was and like I my might have won. a great push towards the end, and I, I ran through the playoffs after a kind of up and down, like, regular season, if you will, and then... It was like collectively everybody on my team the week I played during the championship was like, nah, not today. Yeah. You blew me out. You beat me like 40. Yeah. It was like ridiculous. His guys had like the best weeks ever. My guys had like the worst weeks of their career. Yeah. Cam Newton forever indebted. That's kind of why like if Geno Smith doesn't work out, I want Cam Newton to come to the Jets as a free agent because Cam Newton won me that league against John. Like he was the guy. He went nuts. He carried me through that whole postseason. I was like... So they do, like, the, the seedings and the playoffs when you go into, like, fantasy football. I was the bottom seed. I was the last team to make the playoffs for fantasy. And from that week forward, Cam Newton went crazy. He put up, like, 25, 30 points every week. And then against John, yeah, I think he had, like, four touchdowns throwing and one rushing. And, yeah, like, completely, yeah, completely it blew it out of the water. It was one of those things where, like... By like three forty-five on Sunday, I was like, "Well, clearly I'm gonna lose this championship." Yeah. It's like, oh, there's still half the games left, and Monday night, it was like, "Nah, I'm not gonna win." I know I'm not gonna win. Um, so you've been you've been here for a while. You've seen yeah. some of the questions we've asked some people before they leave. So I'm gonna give you the opportunity to pick which one you'd rather answer. If you want, if you got something in mind for both, and you're just chomping at the bit, you can give me both. Either worse. Sports cliche slash terminology or least favorite player on your favorite team? Oh boy. Well, my favorite team is the New York Giants. It's gonna be tough. Oh, that's it's, so be, tough. it's David Wilson, right? It's like it that makes be sense. David Wilson. Now it's also gonna <laughs> yeah, be tough to top uh, yeah. David so Wilson. Good. You can get hurt. Yeah. Oh, it, it has to be right now. I mean, I mean, I wish you would answer my favorite one. It's all well and good. I have no, yeah. I have no Come on. There's no, the thing about that question, there's no internal conflict, right? Oh, who's your favorite? Like, I love Mariano Rivera as a Yankee fan. He's the best. You can't, you can't go against him. But as a Yankee fan, and I have to watch, like, Wilson Bediment go to the plate, you know, in ever... You know, I, I feel bad about it because he's just so terrible, and I have to root for him. You know, like I have to pull, like A Rod, I have to pull for A Rod because he's on my team. That's where the interesting part of the question comes in. So it's like, yeah, everybody loves Michael Strahan, he like Regis and Kelly or whatever that is now. You know, but the, the real tough part is trying to figure out who you had to like pull for and who like you really just don't like at all. Right, it's like you want them to succeed because they're on your team, but you really wish they just weren't on your team. Yeah. For me, it's Lucas Duda. Uh, I've said that before. I hate Lucas Duda. Well, see, I would say uh, Kevin Newell is on the Yankees for what? He played in Thank five you. Yes. minutes. Thank you, yes. That's fine. Totally. That's one of the best answers, yeah. Oh, him. my God. You have no idea. I was like, all right, he's doing something, he's doing something. Oh, you feel okay. And then all of a sudden, he, no. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I shaved the beard. I'm like, all right. By the way, he looks like a without the beard. He looks like a, he looks like a freak. Right? He looks yeah. like a chimo. I think we talked about this, right? This, uh, that's what I was going to say. This yeah. was, when we first asked that question, that was my answer. Because we, we started doing the podcast, like, the beginning of baseball season. He was, I think we said, like, who's the least favorite player on your favorite team, blah, blah, blah. Kevin Euclid, like, yeah. like no question. I hate him in general. And then he came to the Yankees, and he was supposed to be, like, a helpful guy, and he yeah. was then useless. Yeah. Like, that's... The worst kind of guy, you know? Compared to somebody like Bartolo Colon, who I love. Bartolo Colon's one of my favorites because Bartolo Colon played for the Angels. He was terrible. The Yankees always beat him. And then the Yankees got him, and he was great. So not only did we beat the crap out of him when he was on the other team, he pitched awesome for us. That's like the best of both worlds. Euclid was the opposite. Euclid yeah, yeah, beat the yeah, Yankees yeah, yeah. in the playoffs, and that was terrible when he was on the Yankees. Yeah, it's a very you can't fair stand point. that. No, yeah. that, is, that is true, though. <laughs> I think your honorable mention was Eduardo Nunez. Oh, God. And to, to which I said, I know we're backtracking a bit. He goes back and forth with Well, I said, I'm not a Yankee fan, but for me, if I was a Yankee fan, it would be Eduardo Nunez. Because I think, as a, and I know I'm a Mets fan, so it's a little tough to say this, but as a baseball fan in general, he might be the most overrated player I've ever seen. Because people keep talking about how good Eduardo Nunez could be if he got 500 at bats, but then, like, to me, he just isn't. I don't think he's yeah. good. Yeah, and then he's he got... Like, he's, like, worse in, like, offensively or defensively? Like... He's it's definitely worse like, defensively, but the thing is, is that they keep saying they're like, well, he's it's a hard to say. <laughs> the problem is, it's hard to say. You don't know. He is the worst defensive shortstop I've ever seen in my life, and you don't know if he's worse offensively or defensively. That is so true. He's got a 280 on base percentage. He can't hit the ball out of the infield. I'd rather have Derek Jeter who was cut off from the torso down with two broomsticks shoved in his bloody stuffed midsection than have Eduardo Nunez even on my team. I think that's what happened in 2010 with Gino, right? That's why his ankles are all f***ed up is because, like, the surgery, the wood sticks that went in for his legs, they weren't, like, actually, probably like, true. sturdy. Yeah. It's probably true. It's terrible. Oh, my God. Well, anyway, so before we let you go... Anything else, anything you want to plug, anything you got coming up, you can, I don't care if it's your Facebook, your Twitter feed, whatever you want to talk about, anything you want to let people out there know that you got going on. I will be at the Brokerage Comedy Club in Belmore tomorrow night at 10.30. My producer. There you go. There you go. Cheese nice. Comedy. Cheese face. Yes. Jackie comedy. Chang is hosting that. Oh. <laughs> I know that person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pause. I have to pee. Do it because I, I, I was thinking that same thing when you guys were riffing on Kevin Euclid. I was just going to get up and go. Yeah, so was I. No. I was like, I don't have a dog in the race. I'm going to go. I had the same thought cross my mind. I was like, hey, they're talking giants or something. I'm going to go pee right quick. <laughs> so in a world where you can pause things because it's not live, and since we don't have commercial breaks, we're going to make one. Yeah. And we will be right back. Alright, and we are back. I'm that so 
out really well. Yeah. Oh my god. I, I gotta be honest with you. I don't know how you felt about it, but I feel like this podcast has been going really well. But the the P was equally as good. Better. As the no, podcast. better. Better. The podcast has gotten really well. Because it's building up, and you're like, oh hey, yeah, we love sports. Yeah. I love that we just jumped in. Yeah. The man who doesn't need an introduction because he here he is sitting here as our final guest tonight, last but certainly not least. Uh, definitely the most interesting name, both yeah. ways. Thaddeus Smith. Yeah. Has hosted multiple podcasts in the past, and we'll get a chance to talk about that a little bit later. But uh, you know, amazing, amazing time so far, and you know, I, I think we're, we're well set up to finish off. Far and from close. Yeah. That's important. And the vibes and everything. And, and I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited for this podcast. This is up and coming, I think. Maybe I'm just me, but hey. <laughs> hey, that's Listen, more than we, nobody. So that's say, good. We've done a lot of positive feedback tonight from the guests and other people. And that's more than what we've gotten in the past ever. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> good jump. It so, is. And you're doing a podcast, and you're like, you start off, and you're like, I'm going to be an instant sensation. And you do a couple shows, and you're like, why is this anybody? <laughs> it's, 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 it's a process, and you, you, you learn to curb your uh, expectations, and then when you get like a little something, you're like, woo! It's true. I mean, we started out, as I think you were, you were here for it, we were talking about there, it's like two guys who get together, watch a lot of sports together, talk a lot of sports, and we're like, hey, why don't we turn it into a podcast? And then we were like, okay, because we're going to do this anyway. So it's for us, it's really fun. And this is, why not throw this a couple mics in front of them? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, kind of a unique perspective, because you've been here, uh, yes. watching the whole thing, listening to the whole thing. So, I'm going to throw this out there to you. What do you want to talk about? Of the things that we've mentioned, and maybe something that we haven't mentioned, what, what are you kind of chomping at the bit for? What well, do you want to do? I know you guys start off with, you're both Jet fans. That's right. And my wife is a big Jet fan. Alright. So, watching the ebb and flow of her season so far, in the Oh, we could, we could, if we could just beat the Patriots in the race, and you lose the Patriots, and she's like, best fucking team. <laughs> and, then, and then it's like, you put a couple games, and if we could just beat the Cincinnati Bengals, we're going to be okay, and you'll get blown out by best fucking team. And then, you know, and then you go out and you beat the Saints, 26-20, and she's like, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, we're so much better than we expected. <laughs> it's true, because there are teams that are definitely way worse off than the Jets have been historically. Like we mentioned the Browns before and how bad they've been. Um, yeah, for a long think, period of time, actually. Yeah. And then there the Lions and stuff like that. But I don't think anybody loves their team and hates their team as much as Jet fans do. <laughs> the Jets really do go hand-in-hand hand uh, with Met fans. And I sympathize because I'm a Met fan. Now, granted, I'm a Giants fan and a Met fan, which boggles people's minds. It's like, uh, I get it. I'm a Yankee fan and a Jet fan, so I'm the exact opposite so of you. Have, yeah. And both and both parties come to us and go, yeah, yeah. you fucked that one up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. You're a Yankee fan, you're a Giant fan, and then I get the. Yeah, but if you're a Giant fan, you're a Yankee fan, idiot. And, you know, yeah, I have I'm just a loser. Like, yeah. Regardless. Yeah. For me, it's the worst ever. So. The worst possible scenario of anything ever. Just, 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 just chill on this for a minute. I have not seen a championship 
in my entire life of the two teams. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very casual at best. Like, I mean, I'll root for the New York teams. So I guess if I had to pick one, I, I'd root more for the Rangers. You know, my stepdad's a big hockey fan. So in 94, that was a big deal. I had been to a lot of games. I enjoyed it. But as I grew up, I grew out of it. I've never really been a big basketball fan. So the two teams that I'm most passionate about, I've never seen a win. I've never seen a championship. You've heard rumors of Joe Namath. I've heard rumors of Joe Namath, and I was alive just barely. I'm 27 years old. So when the Mets won in 86, I was like just born. I actually. You were like 10 minutes old. Your your birthday's in October. I was born actually uh, October 15th, which was the day they beat. Houston in game six to go on to the World Series. So no, I don't freaking remember 86. I do lie about it a lot though. When people don't know my age, I'm like, oh, I love them. Yeah, 86? Nails and um, straw. I'll tell you, I was a big fan of the season. I was too young to really follow the, the World Series. I was born in 77. Okay. So 86 was a weirdness. But not really like you weren't staying up watching every game. Right. So you love Straw and you love Keith Hernandez and you love the fact that they fought each other in spring training <laughs> during the photo shoot. Yes, they did. You know, Straw versus the Mechs. You know? Um, you know, so like winning the World Series, like it was, it was comfortable. It was a real thing. But you couldn't really embrace it back then because you were like. A fourth grade, and I remember my fourth grade teacher, Met fan, uh, male, male teacher, uh, brought in like you know the Amy Squad. He was like, "Hey, Amy Squad, you nerds, bring the World Series in." So, so he brought it in, and we watched one of the games, you know. And but like when you when you look back on it, you're like, you want to see these documentaries, you still think about it. Game six. And like everybody thinks Game Six was won when Mookie Wilson hit a dribbler. No, we had chances. We still won. Be uh, Hurst means uh, Babe Ruth curse. I don't know. Something. <laughs> <laughs> the Bull Sox fans. I think that that's the reason why, as as a Met fan who was not really around to witness that, that I can still identify with it. I think because that was one of the biggest things, like in sports history. Like that was huge. Game six. It was, was huge. The Buckner play. So I've seen replays and I've seen every game of that World Series. So I feel like I was there, even though I was nowhere near old enough to see. This might be bold, but I gotta say. Off the top of my head, right now, roughly, eh, a guess. Top ten moments in sports history. It's it's close. The, the Buckner play. I would be comfortable saying that's top ten in, in sports. Big four. It's it, it's. I mean, there's so many things, but let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. It's 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 top ten, if not top five, baseball. So the fact that it's it's that high has to at least put it into the conversation. I think it would be top three if the Red Sox had never won. If they didn't have this run ever, it'd be top three. That when the Chicago Cubs were at 99 years and they had wood and, and Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just relish the fact that it hit 100 years <laughs> Oh, I loved it. I tell you what, it's probably hey, even worse. A fucking century! <laughs> Suck it! It's probably even worse for me because I'm a Yankee fan, and I'm on the exact opposite end of the spectrum in that we've won every championship between now and then. That's very true. Let's be honest. What the fuck care do you have in the world as a baseball fan? Oh, it's great. 
I like I've been to five parades. I like I have to decide which World Series hat I wear. <laughs> you bastard. As an 86 Met fan, I still need to deal with well, how many of you won? That's true. Well, we've talked about this before, and actually, um, Tom is one of those very gracious Yankee fans. Okay. In, in the sense okay. that he's a, so he's one of the few people. Tom. Yeah, well, because we like, and, and, and I like to think as am I as a Met fan because there is not we, we both enjoy the sport of baseball so much that it's hard to get into these stupid arguments. Like I hate a Met fan as a Met fan. I hate a Met fan who's like, oh, Yankees suck. It's like they don't. Okay, so if you don't like them, that's fine. When the Mets are playing the Braves. On April 37th, and a game of chant breaks out, and you're just looking around, you're like, really fucking assholes? This is what I'm a part of? It's yeah. true. That's how I feel about Yankee fans doing the wave at the stadium ever. <laughs> but he's, he's not one of those guys. You have, like, 117 championships. <laughs> he's so much better than the wave. But uh, the wave is the worst thing ever. But um, really he... He's Terrible. one of those Yankee fans that he will never be like, oh, yeah, well, we have uh, 2,000 world championships from a time when there was only eight teams. And, like, yeah, and everybody true. was white. It didn't matter. <laughs> like, those, like, people who will pull those arguments out are the people that don't know anything about baseball. Sure. Realistically. I would, I would love to be able to point out, point out that, hey, uh, Babe Ruth, yeah, in his prime, he had more home runs than teams. That's true. I mean, oh, it's, it's an amazing trump card. That's like, oh yeah, by the way, Mickey Mantle is probably like the sixth best player in franchise history. Yeah. Lou <laughs> Gehrig, he had a disease named after him. He did something one year. Ah, it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so, since we've been talking about Wilson's dribbler, that is close enough to being an error as anything. Because, yeah, because Buckner was too hurt and too old. With two bulky knees. And shouldn't have been playing first base in the first place in that situation. No. And he had a defensive caddy all year because of the shape of his legs. But the manager argued that he wanted Buckner on the field for when they catch. He didn't play after the seventh inning for like 72 consecutive games. It's true. Let's break him out of the it's wheelchair true. for game the, six. The, 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 the manager was like, well, we wanted we wanted him to be on the field for when we won the World Series. Wow. Wow. Chicken. Sorry, it hatched. Well, we've been talking a lot about baseball, so I guess we will try to, you know, modernize it a little bit. Let's make it current. Yeah. yeah. And uh, obviously, we're right on the cusp of the baseball hot stove season. Which is something we wanted to talk about, so you're a big baseball fan, we'll get to it now. A lot of things, for the first time in a long time, the Mets and the Yankees face extraordinarily important off-seasons for different reasons and from different sides. So vastly different. One team hoping to build around a core of young players, the other team trying to reestablish some young players around their aging core. And Tom and I have talked about this a bunch. Um, we're a little too early, I guess, now to see any kind of uh, major signings happen. Probably about two weeks away from any of that. We're right on the cusp at this point. Yeah. Exactly. So the qualifying offers have been made. You know yep. which which players have had it offered to them and have not. Exactly. Uh, right now everybody's making their players playing with numbers. Yeah. 
numbers. Yeah. yeah. Okay, if A, B, and C happens, can we do B? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll start, I guess, with the elephant in the room because he's the biggest free agent, and we've talked a little bit about this. But oh. now the season's over. Robinson Cano. Yep. Where do you stand as far as the Yankees making an offer, and how far do you go now that we're here? From what I've read, I've read a little bit about it recently, is that Robinson Cano has received an offer from the Yankees that is supposedly his most substantial offer he's going to get. Right. They won't say what it is. That won't come out, I'm sure, for a couple of months, probably. Yeah, they're kind of saying, hey, we offer the best thing we can. Yeah. The rumor is that it's six to seven years, anywhere between 25 and 30 million per year. You've got to take that if you're Here's the thing. It is unrealistic for Jay-Z or Robinson Cano or anybody in that camp to believe that after the A-Rod. Yeah. A-Rod is the best example. Yeah. Those don't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. This is a different era. Bloomberg's not mayor anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. Okay. Trans fats are gone. It's true. Smoking in bars, might, gone. We, we might be able to drink a big gulp in the next few years. Yeah. Maybe. I tell you, this guy, though. Spends fun to Blasio. He turned, he turned a, a, a black lesbian straight, had multicultured uh, children. What can't this guy do? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I haven't found out yet. Well, I think I know, and that remains to be seen. But no, I, I definitely, <laughs> because we'll, we'll see. We'll, over the next four years, we'll find out. I'm not saying I'm letting this guy predict everything. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you made a good point about, about the big mega deals. They get floated out there. No, you're not going to get paid more than, like, you're, you're, if you're getting 25 to 30 million per, that's among the tops in baseball, that's period. That's as big as it gets. And, that's and as big as you'll find. right for saying, you know what, here's our best offer first, because if he goes and takes another deal, they got to be prepared to, to move from that. So like put hey, your best foot Robinson, forward. we're not saying this is the last deal we're giving you, but for right now, this is the best. Yeah. If you get something better... Talk to us, we'll see what we can do. But hey, if you're talking about 25 million over the course of three years more, you know, yeah. touch that. Yeah. And it's for the Yankees, you hey, know. Hey, Robinson, I don't know if you know this, but we have a few championships. <laughs> We're the Yankees. A handful. Hey, if you want to go to, to Texas and not make the playoffs, it's cool. No big deal. Yeah. That's totally hey, valid. That's what I can offer. You also want to let him know that you respect him as a role player. Sure. So you respect what he can do. So yeah. you don't want to give him a bullshit contract offer like Jose Reyes. Exactly. Right. You don't want to. You don't want to come in and lowball the guy. You want to give the guy a legitimate don't, don't market get, value offer. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that Jose Reyes demanded more than he wound up getting. Because let's be honest, that was probably a good decision by the Nets. I think so. I think that that was With definitely his injury history yeah. and everything else. It's better to let somebody like the decision that they made that I disagree with is bringing, quote unquote, I'm going to do air quotes for you guys, bringing home a hitting title was worth more than getting some draft picks for them. I agree with that. Yes. That yes, no question. Especially because Alveson has been, has been uh, kind of, we've kind of known him as a guy 
who will flip players for prospects. And he could have sold extraordinarily high on Reyes. I think the biggest problem was that was Alderson's first season. And I don't think he wanted to send the wrong message to the fans. But ultimately, I think that the Reyes non-trade will go down. And obviously, hindsight is 2020 since they didn't sign him after the fact. Will go down as Alderson's worst move to date. Yeah. Because he could have gotten a whole of prospects too. You're, you're asking uh, Alderson to put on crutches because you're hamstringing him because of the Bernie Madoff stuff. Too. Absolutely. Huge, huge part of it. But you look at the fact that he got Wheeler for Beltron. What would he gotten for Reyes? In a, in a deadline push, July, like some team is going to go and give a king's ransom for a player like Reyes if you're able to get a guy like Zach Wheeler for Beltron. Look at the hole he got for R.A. Dickey. And I understand R.A. Dickey was a great story. I loved him as a Met. You know, and he won the Cy Young. He had a tremendous year. More than almost air, almost air because I can't say fully air because <laughs> air is what I need. That'd be bad. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. That's so true. like if I completely lost it, what the fuck's the point? But you look at the situation and, and you look at it now, and you're like, fuck, he made the right decision. He did. And it's not even Darno, it's Syndergaard. Yeah. I mean, Syndergaard is either going to project to be... I mean, you're either going to keep together a core pitching of Harvey, Wheeler, Syndergaard, or this offseason, you're going to trade Syndergaard, and he's going to bring you back Stanton, Tulowitzki. Now, these are pure pipe dreams from an ambitious method, but he's becoming the type of prospect that can be the centerpiece to get you a guy like that. But also, too, you know what, what I think, personally... What I think Syndergaard opens is trading Montero. Montero is that like expected prospect. I agree. He, he, he's the one with the higher ceiling. I'm fine with keeping Syndergaard because yep. he's a tall dude with a really fast fastball. And that's pretty good in the MLB. That's a nice thing to have. Yeah. Yeah. I think that when you when you look at what the Mets are going to do, I don't think they're going to trade Syndergaard unless they can trade Syndergaard with not much else for one of the players that I mentioned. You know, if you're going to trade Syndergaard, you know, and another guy for Tulo, for Stanton, for uh, Jerkson, Profar, a guy like that. Cargo. Cargo. I, 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 I you you've been big on cargo. I'm right big on cargo. I'd rather Tulowitzki. I think Tulowitzki is yeah. a better all-around yes, player. Yes, because shortstop is bigger than center field. Yeah, and if you had just a left side in the infield, Tulowitzki and right, right. Because if you if you put hitters around, Lagares plays defense in a wide vast center field. You have a nice outfield. Them putting plotting outfielders like Jason Bay and fucking let's be honest, Butch Husky. He's still out there, right? Is he like? Is he the third highest paid outfielder? We are still paying Bobby Bonilla. We won't pay Bobby Bonilla until all three of us are dead. That's probably true. So let's let's just rein it in a drop. Outside of for no no it's fine. I rambled. No, it's listen. It's a podcast. We can ramble wherever I'm sure we're all a little more buzzed than we would be if we're doing a podcast at my house. But um. From, so from a Yankee fan perspective, excluding Cano, who you obviously want back for the most glaring reasons, if you're going to talk outside of the organization, mm-hmm. who do you want the Yankees to get? Biggest free agent. I, so I think when you look at the needs of the team, I think the one that jumps out the most is Brian McCann. From a catching perspective, you don't have a number one catcher. Yep. You've been running out Francisco Cervelli and uh, Chris Stewart. Yeah. And you miss Russell Martin immensely 
Brian McCann can fill that void. That's the first thing that, that becomes very obvious as a Yankee fan. Yeah. I think so too. I think that's big. I think Brian McCann, he's going to have a lot of suitors, obviously Texas. I saw something the other day, uh, projected signings is actually that uh, McCann will be picked up by Texas. Yeah. And that um, uh, the Yankees will wind up signing AJ Krasinski to a shorter term deal, obviously, one yeah. or two year deal. Not a terrible that's I, not terrible. I saw Salsa Lamakia as another one that's yeah. like in the same vein. Another Absolutely. guy, good on base, good if, power. If you have Krasinski and Salsa Lamakia, let's just say, you know, bring. Yeah. You got Brzezinski, who's more of a little bit of average guy, a little bit more solid a catcher, and you have Brzezinski, who's a little bit of a um, yeah. yeah. who's got a little bit of a pop. He's uh, switching his thing? Yes. Uh, yep. 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 You know, like you give yourself some options there. Also, Sokolmaki can play a little first base, which yeah. can spell. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I tell you, both of them would probably take a little yeah. bit yes, less at this point in their career to go to these options. Yeah. And that's where the Yankee, you know, mantra, aura, whatever, buys you guys. I think that's especially true of Krasinski, who probably wants to get back to, uh, you yeah. know, champion. He was on the White Sox team. He was in the White Sox team that won. So I think he probably wants to, you know, Sokolaki had just won. I don't think it's crazy to think that Boston might bring him back. Yeah. Um, but I think Krasinski would, Krasinski would be a good fit. It's just that you would rather see the Yankees get younger than older. It's like Beltran's yeah. a great fit. I love Beltran Beltran's as a fit. 37 years old, so. The thing that gets me about Krasinski is I hate him so much. He is a scumbag. Yeah. And I don't want him on my team. But as a left the power catcher, like that's perfect for Yankee yeah, Stadium. Yeah. He's he's the exact fit you want in your lineup. And he's not a, and he's not a huge strikeout guy. No, he's a good he's defensive guy. Catcher, yep. Yeah. I mean, he's not a guy that's gonna hit two thirty. He's gonna he's gonna hit two seventy for you guys. Yeah, that's that's not fine. Whatever. That's but better than the 190 they've been maybe, getting. Maybe in Yankee Stadium even a little bit more power. Yeah. Because of the short porch and yes. as a lefty. Yeah. So I'll pose the same question to you as a Mets fan. Sure. And now obviously the Mets don't have a free agent like Cano that they need to no. bring back, obviously. So who do you think is the biggest... I mean, there's, there's some pipe dreams out there, but the biggest realistic target, and what I'll do is I'll expand it, trade... Or free agent signing. Who would you that's want huge. the most? That's a huge distinction right there. You can give me one and the other if you want. Yeah. I don't want, uh, and I'm really nervous that what we're going to sign is, Shim Shu I can agree with that. I like it. I like you. As a Yankee, yeah. I like you. Yeah. Yep. As a player, as a team that has a few players, yes. If you're going to build around one of these guys that you're signing, He's not, Chu is not your guy, he's right. my I can agree with that. Because in the Yankees, he can slot in and fit sure. into the puzzle. For the Mets, as a two hitter, like you have Gardner, Chu getting on base, and then Cano. He's got doubles power, he's got a yeah. little bit of home run power. The, the he's problem, a decent outfielder. Yeah. The problem with Chu is that he's becoming a free agent at the worst possible time for a team like the Mets. Because I think, needs wise, he fits the Mets very well. Yeah. But because he's probably the third best free agent, or yeah. maybe fourth, if you. Like say Canelo, McCann, Ellsbury, Chew. Yeah. But he's they're talking like he's gonna get a hundred million dollar deal and he is not a hundred million worth dollar that. player. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's I think that's the problem the for the Mets. And that's I think I think the number one guy should be Ellsbury. But I think his contract is probably gonna be bigger than what the Mets should 
I think so too. I think so too. The thing you worry about with Ellsbury, you know, I've watched him a ton playing in Boston as a Yankee fan. He, he, he relies a lot on his legs, and he's, and he's in his 30s. Yep. He's hurt, and like and when you have a guy like one, that. The one positive thing you've got going for you if you're a, a need of a center fielder that's fast is he, he didn't hit the home runs this year that he did two years ago before their injury. Because I mean, let's be honest, if he yeah. hit free agent market two years ago. Uh, Hitting 35, 40 home runs. Probably breaking A Rod's record. Yeah. A guy that can hit 30 home runs, get 50 or 60 or 70 or 100, fucking whatever, steals, you know? And this guy, he's going to play a good outfield, you know? I would love to see the Mets get him if there's a reasonable contract yeah. for him. Which is not going to be. And I think it that's won't the biggest be. problem. And I think Boris, Boris is his agent, right? Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a few names that I've heard floated around Boris to the Mets, and, and I think that they're free agent, except for, uh, you know, with. with Jay-Z. Jay-Z. Yeah. I think that uh, some yeah. of the few names that I've heard floated around just, you know, everywhere, Twitter and Mets blog and all those things. Um, and I, I think that the Mets would be wise to almost get involved with all three is uh, Johnny Peralta on a short deal. Uh, short, play shortstop. Two or three-year deal. deal. Guy's got a lot of pop. He's not the best defensive shortstop, but he would clearly be the he's best shortstop a, on your team. A, he's adequate shortstop, exactly. and he provides you more pop in your lineup. I think, and because of the PED suspension, I think you can get him slightly cheaper than he would have been had he not been suspended. The other guy is Nelson Cruz for the same reasons. I think Nelson Cruz is yeah. a hell of a ball player. And then even on a shorter term deal to play first base, Corey Hart. Who's coming off major knee surgery? Did not play. Yeah, but, but if you're going to put him at first base and not ask him to be an outfielder because you're going to fill those other spots, then you you're talking three free agents, two of which actually all three I don't think received qualifying offers. Correct. So you wouldn't be giving up even your second draft pick because the Mets' first pick is protected because they finished in the worst yeah. ten. Right. But they wouldn't even be giving up a second pick. Then you can say, you know what? Now we've got a pool of guys, a Montero, maybe Darno, even if they want to, um, G, Nice. We have guys, Flores, that we can trade for another outfielder. And there you go. You've filled shortstop, right field, first base, and potentially another outfielder without blanking your farm system and without committing long-term deals. And these guys are proven major league players. You platoon Davis at first with no. Hart? No, or I you think deal. you put Davis in the deal. Yeah. I think that Davis, uh, they're saying that Davis has enough value around the league because of his power potential. Yeah. That power you could put him, side, yeah. yeah, you could put him in a deal like they say that the Rays like him, the Rockies are high on him. Oh, in the Rock, I think he'd hit 40 home runs <laughs> playing for the Rockies. Yeah. He might bet 190, but I think he'd hit 40. He hit 45 for the Yankees. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's funny that you brought up the Rays because they, they had Carlos, uh, Carlos Pena, who was yep. 214, but hit 40 home runs. Yeah. Exactly. And they won the game. Exactly. It was a big part and of their offense. They're probably going to let James Loney go because he had a good enough year that he's going to price himself out of them. Probably. So, I mean, listen. Unfortunately, I think they're losing their price, too. Yeah. Yeah, they might trade price this year. They don't have to, but the year... He might be a deadline guy. That's what I was going to say. The they traded when, Shields, so... Yep. Who said they won't trade uh, price away? The year where you don't have to trade the guy is the year that you'll get the best value for him. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we're, we're right at the infancy. We're right at the the, the, the start of the offseason. We'll talk about this much, much, much more... Plenty of time. ...as we go on. Um, we're going a little bit over on time, so I want to thank everybody that came in, especially Thaddeus, yeah. uh, who took baseball with us when I don't know if anybody else would have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I love all the sports. Uh, I'm a big Ranger fan, I'm a big Knicks fan. So far, the seasons haven't been, been capturing me yet. Hey, Rangers are back to 500. They won against yeah. Columbus I'll tonight. You, after our fucking, uh, what is it? 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, to start the year. Yeah, it's good to get him out of the way. You know, rough. if you get a loser, you might as well. Yeah, really yeah. Oh, great. And apparently, this game against Columbus was a division game. You know, they're in our division now, which I didn't know about. <laughs> it's the old restructuring of the division. Yeah. Also, we should mention that Minnesota has gone ahead 28 27 sure. in the time that we've been sitting here. And yeah. so a Redskins fan will not be very happy. And it's funny, you look on paper, you look at this game, the Arizona is terrible. But it's a good game to watch. Yeah. yeah. You look, you, you think Minnesota, if they have 28 points, Peterson has four touchdowns, but it's not true. You know, it's a receiver. Who's Christian Ponder's Yeah, yeah. That's weird. <laughs> Lately, he's been actually leading them to victories. Better than Freeman. Freeman was terrible. Freeman was awful. But he's rushed for, like, I don't know, four touchdowns in the last five games. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we talked a little bit about Freeman last time we met, and that maybe he was rushed into the role a little bit, yeah. which I don't think was uh, doing him any favors. Let's be honest, two years ago, this guy was a star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got talent. He does. He does have a ton of talent. If, if, if you think he's the quarterback of the future, I understand trying to audition him early, but you don't let the guy be the quarterback when he's been on the team for a week and a half. Like 10 minutes and doesn't know anything. No, yeah. the off- and the offense is totally different. They run a completely different system, and I think they did him a real disservice. And, and now we'll see what happens as far as that goes. Before we let you go, yes. um, we got to ask you the requisite question of your... Uh, you know what? I'm going to let you pick again. Yeah. I'll let you pick. Okay. Least favorite, uh, uh, worst uh, sports terminology ever, <laughs> or least favorite player on your favorite team? Hmm. I might catch a really, like, a shit ton of flack for this, but as a Nick fan, I'm, I know you know. I'm really kind of nervous about Carmelo as a long-term option. Really, Carmelo? That's your guy? This guy is a phenomenal scorer. Yep. But I think he wants to make his money, and I don't know if we're any better than Eastern Conference finalists in his tenure as a Nick fan. So I had this conversation actually today on my way to work with somebody. And Carmelo Anthony, like, needs something else. It's not just on him. Oh, absolutely. I, like, the, the comparison I made was to... J.R. Smith. The comparison I made was to Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce played with the Celtics for seven or eight years as the primary scorer, similar enough to the way Carmelo played offense. He didn't win until he got Garnett and then eventually Ray Allen and Rondo to play with in that offense. I can't blame Carmelo Anthony for not having those guys around him. And that's why I say begrudgingly, I fully admit that I would catch a lot of flack for saying that name. It's, it's not bad, though, because especially with the f- wanting to test free agency, and, and I, I, in this, today, today, I can't begrudge you for that. That's not a bad one. The Knicks will give him, like, the Knicks will give him the max contract. There's no question they'll give him whatever, like, like the bottom line on the signature, like, they'll give him that hundred and whatever million. But is an off-injured Tyson Chandler, who's a big loss right now, 46 weeks. Uh, him and J.R. Smith. Is that enough to win a championship versus Indiana? The no, it's not. not you enough. need, you need, like, realistically, if you're going to try and win a championship with Carmelo Anthony, you need to retool and bring in a Kevin Love or Kyrie Irving type oh, God, to play with him as free agents. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, 
and, and, I, and I feel like, uh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I feel like Raymond Felton is a really good point guard. If you put him on that team with like David Lee, sure. Galinari, and then I feel like they're just as competitive with Carmelo. And yeah. not having the same financial That's not crazy. I think it really no. hurts having a guy who is, is as streaky as J.R. Smith is as your second option. And again, relying on an off-injured big man to be the centerpiece of your defense. It's like now that he's hurt, they have to go from trying to play defensive basketball to like, ah, we're not going to play defense at they all. Have to, just play, to just play offense like The next crazy. month is running gun for them. Bargnani is your five for the next yeah. month. That's a problem. Think about the toughness of Carmelo at the four and Bargnani at the five. From versus an offensive the, standpoint? Yeah. The Pacers versus the Bulls. Now listen, you can run, you can run Stoudemire out there, and oh, I'm sure he'll be a much more like. He's not, and you know what the should have been is he's not going to retire after this year for medical reasons. He's at the, the only good thing about that is next season he will be an expiring contract. You can move somewhere else. But here's the thing: if he doesn't want to do that, we're hamstrung. We have to keep him. Oh, totally. No one's take him. Yeah. Well, the, the thing like might take you the NBA as an expiring contract, they will move a big like a bit like. Keith Van Horn had value his last season because he made fourteen million dollars, and they could get like exactly, like that. yeah. But that's another rebuilding year with Carmelo. Yeah. In a contract year. I think yeah. Carmelo's playing the game a little bit too. I think he's like, listen, I'm gonna test free agency. You better bring in some talent. Yes. And don't get me wrong. I, on a personal level, can you really blame him for testing the free agent market no. when he can? No. No. Why not? Get as, as much as money a as you can. Fan, you like it. Fucking asshole! Just take less. Sign now. We'll sign some other guys. We'll win championships. <laughs> It'll be awesome. But you know. Get all the but the specifics can. for that, you don't quite know, like which guys you'll sign and how you'll fill those gaps. I get it. Oh, yeah. Oh, LeBron's gonna have to opt out of his contract. He's gonna come to the Knicks and Nick and LeBron and Carmelo. They're gonna take the both less. What world are we living in if that happens? Yeah. Not fantasy. here. That's not true. here. Yes. But it hasn't happened. <laughs> and my fantasy lineup, which I'm terrible in. <laughs> I, have, I, I know you guys talked about uh, fantasy football a little. Just to interject my, a little bit, I know we're running on time. I'm going to make it real short. I have freaking nine teams in fantasy football. I'm retarded with this stuff. <laughs> because every week I'm rooting for somebody to win this game, but he's going against me in that league, and it's going to yeah. screw me either way. Nine teams might be a bit on the high That's side. extreme. Now, because granted, you find yourself playing yourself. Now, now granted, two of them are for pride. Yeah. But seven well, of them. Theoretically, if gambling were legal. If it were, I'm not saying it is. I'm just it's not. Points, it's 310 points. Isn't that like <laughs> yeah, that's the that's points. My word. I got it to points. And we have Aaron Rodgers as a. Oh. And Arian Foster as a running back. So we're six and two going in and all this kind of stuff. And Foster's back is hurt. No, listen, my, my receivers were Reggie Wayne and Roddy White going into the season. Roddy White's played like two weeks and Reggie Wayne's done for the year. Yeah. yeah. Roddy White has played two catches. Yeah. It's awful. <laughs> awful kind of year. So, all that being said, thank you for coming on. I take it way too much of your time. No, fun. that was fun. Listen, that was we great. we would do this all night if we could, but you know, we got to wrap eventually. So we gave everybody else the opportunity. I know you do a couple podcasts, so please feel free to plug your podcast. Oh, fantastic. On and I'd love to have you on either one of them. Uh, do, We'd love to be there. I do a comedy uh, podcast, comedy quasi uh, podcast. TMCTheShow.com. Okay. Uh, you can do the player right on the site, or it's available via iTunes, all that kind of stuff. 
we do a dishwasher, we want to stuff, we make fun of Justin Bieber, we make fun we throw ourselves in the barrel. Sounds good. You know, we, we make fun of stuff, you know. Uh, and then I do a wrestling podcast, pnfwrestling.com. Same kind of game with the players right on the website. You can go and see our archives. Sometimes we try to put up blogs. Um, you know, we're we're still losers and we still watch wrestling. So. <laughs> we talked a little bit about that before we went on. Yeah. Um, and, but it, but it's cool and it's fun. It's a hobby. There's, there's a market out there. There's a niche or niche. <laughs> Whichever one you. However French you feel yourself to be. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I always heard it as a niche. And I always thought it was niche. Is that yeah. the famous niche? <laughs> yeah. What's a niche? It's uh, John Niche <laughs> for the uh, Mets. Number two starter. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so listen, we would, I would, I would love to be a part of either one of those. So let absolutely. me know. I don't yeah. show Tom. No, uh, absolutely. Thank you for coming on. It was great. Thank you for coming on. And uh, we, had a, we had a blast talking to you, talking uh, to the rest I of our am, guests. I am super excited that you guys uh, had me on. It was a great time. You guys look like you had a lot of fun during the whole thing. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. It is what yeah. it's all about, right? You get together with buddies. You can talk shit. You can talk sports. <laughs> all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and so thank Nothing you so better. much for having me on. Absolutely. That, thank you. Thank yeah. you. And listen, thank you to uh, Jackie for helping put all this together. Thank right. you to the Parkside Pub right. for putting us up and giving us a pool table and like an outlet. It was great. It's We've had beers. Nuts. We've gotten to drink and hang out like and talk sports. Around the place. Yeah. It's the greatest thing It's like ever. Halloween and it's not Halloween. It's great. Quick rundown. Thank you to Koshin, Charlie, Al- Allison, Ali, I was going to call her, uh, Kathy and Thad. John for like coming out from the middle of Brooklyn to come out to Whitestone, which is this, the middle of nowhere. This was a far trip for me, but I would gladly do it again. It was a blast. I gotta reiterate to you, every uh, re- reiterate your point rather, everything you said. Thank you to the bar and, and everybody for having us yeah. here. And uh, listen, I'd be remiss if I didn't plug my own stuff. I guess. A little yeah, bit. go ahead, John. Uh, for everybody else, I have a show uh, this Saturday at nine o'clock at Poco Nuts Comedy Club, which is uh, in the Poconos. Obviously, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. It's in the middle of nowhere. I don't know what the address is because they don't have one. But if you Google it, I promise you it's a real place, and you'll be able to find it, me and some other great comedians. So, uh, uh, yeah, come out. Last thanks to Pete for, like, actually putting all this emotion, putting you in touch with Jackie. Very if he true. wants to put in, like, his two cents on sports right now. <laughs> no, I'm good. All right, I yeah. He yelled out, no, I'm good. I don't know if the microphone picked it up. Maybe yeah. we'll have Pete on as a guest next time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In two hours, all me. The we're going to talk. Two hours. Yes. So we're going to have a whole sports <laughs> podcast. Featuring this guy over here. He puts it together, but then's a little afraid to go on the mic. Yeah. That was a Macho Man Randy Savage impression. That was very yeah. good. And he's wearing a Macho Man shirt, so. Yeah, we're going to talk Inception next time. We're going to talk video games, terrible video games with Pete. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. This is New York 20. I'm John. And I'm Tom. See you guys later. Night. New York 20 was brought to you by an actual sponsor. Brooklyn Comedy Underground and the Parkside Pub in Whitestone, New York.